What's up, real estate agents? As we kind of slow down and hit these winter months, a lot of agents start to take some of their CE classes, um, any annual commission updates that you might want to tap into. There is an underlying fear in some of these classes that's always basically like, everyone's trying to sue me, how not to get sued, how to stay out of trouble. Today, I'm gonna unpack that as a top producing experienced agent and how I was able to get past that and work in an environment where I was both in compliance but crushing real estate at the same time. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Real Estate Agent Playbook, helping you win at the game of real estate every day. Here is your host, Jeremy Kane. What's up, guys? Jeremy Kane, Real Estate Agent Playbook. Today, I'm going to unpack this. And I've had this feeling when I'm sitting in a class of, oh, well, if there's no right answer and the ethics are against the commission and all of this stuff, what am I to do? And I'm going to unpack that a little bit for you. And as you know, I've been in the business for 10 years. So if you have any questions on this or you get this feeling and maybe need some tips on how to get over it, please reach out. But let's dive in. If you like what you hear at any point, throw me a thumbs up. Um, and understand that I produce content not only on this stuff and kind of the the feelings that we go through, but also training, marketing, ideas. I bring other agents on here, so smash that subscribe button. But let's get into this. So unless you've been hiding under a rock uh, and you haven't been paying attention, the big news is this realtor lawsuit um, that NARS going up against and some of the bigger brokerages are named in this lawsuit that has to do with buyer's agent commission and who's going to pay them. A lot of this boils down to compliance and how we've been treating uh, our customers and how we've been treating those listing appointments. So first and foremost, I want you to know that no matter whatever, what happens with this lawsuit, if all of a sudden sellers can't pay and they're not allowed and then we haven't even touched that, you know, the VA loan guidelines say that the buyer can't pay a real estate agent commission. So we'll get to that when we get there. However, um, understand that it's going to be okay. There's been changes made in the real estate industry, maybe not so much focused on our pay and what we, you know, earn for, you know, representing certain sides, but this is going to be okay. What I am urging agents that I talk to and agents that are in my downline is you have to provide value. You have to be able to, you know, if someone's paying you to negotiate on their behalf, you have to be able to negotiate on your own behalf because you're your number one fan, right? So work on the negotiation, work on those skills, but also start stacking value, right? Start, you know, memorializing your value, not just doing it and, you know, going through the motions and getting it done. And at the end of the day, the client's like, yes, but start stacking that value. And then all of a sudden, if it does change and the real estate commissions, buyer commissions are turned upside down due to this lawsuit, you will have that value there. But then let's go back. It's about compliance, right? So how are we going to treat this? Make sure you're compliant. Make sure you're having these discussions. The biggest thing that agents don't do is understand the contracts they're putting in front of their their clients. So make sure that you're getting the education. You know what these, you know, you're utilizing your managing broker and your resources to understand what does this contract that I'm putting in front of my clients say and always go through it, right? You don't have to go through it line by line. Um, I typically go with the, here's the contract. 
Um, we're going to go through, you know, whether it's an exclusive right to buy, contract buy or sell, exclusive right to list. They're all called different things in different states. But here it is. I'm going to give you time to read it and digest it, right? It's important to have our clients read through these documents that they're signing. And then we are there to answer questions. But I also kind of lead that conversation and going through the major bullet points, right? Doing this 10 years, I know that people are going to ask me about certain sections of the contract. So I'm going to go through those ahead of time. And then I'm going to say, were there anything that I didn't cover that you had a question about, right? And understand that when the time comes for the commission um, in the Colorado exclusive right to list, there's always been buyers obligated to pay commission seller or listing agent may pay. That's a box we check. And that allows us to negotiate that commission within the contract to buy and sell. So if that's the way your managing broker teaches you, great. I'm not here to tell you how to do it, but we need to have that conversation around commission and understand, okay, this is how it is, right? Whatever you're saying, you need to say, this is what you know, is on the MLS, this is what is offered. If it's $0, obviously I can't work for free. So it needs to be a negotiation tactic. Um, we need to use it within our negotiations with the listing agent, or you may have to pay. Do you have the ability to pay X amount of, you know, whatever you're charging, whatever they're willing to pay. And you have that conversation, you have it early, you have it up front. So you're not doing a ton of work knowing you'll, you're not going to get paid. Now in our market, that's been in our exclusive right to buy for a long time, right? So probably, I mean, as long as I can remember, probably at least eight years. But when you're having that conversation, you need to be upfront, honest, and go from there. And then, you know, here's the value and have some things to supplement in there so that you're showing what you do, right? Have the conversation right then of what you do, what your commission split looks like with your brokerage, what, you know, you, your tax burden, what the costs of being a real estate agent are, because obviously they just see, oh, you're walking away from the table with 10 to 15 grand for, you know, 45 days of work. That seems like a really good deal. Well, you know, once they actually understand, oh, well, that's before taxes, before insurance, before all the things, before all the fees that it takes to be the professional that it is, then you can have that conversation. Maybe it's a one sheet. Depending on your personality, create something that allows you to either have the conversations or demonstrate, you know, what goes on. And so when you have this tough conversation, when you come up against a listing that's offering $1 or $0 or whatever they're arguing about in court, you can have that conversation ahead of time and make sure that your client understands what this will look like based on that previous agreement. So obviously things may change. It is what it is, just giving you some ideas, but it all comes down to what you can do right now to be ahead of it and not be reactive when it comes and be like, oh man, I didn't think this was ever going to change and you're ahead of it. So that's a big one with compliance. Make sure that you're being compliant. Make sure you're going to these updates. Make sure you're reading the newsletters from your local real estate boards and the national real estate boards to understand how they are telling us to handle this situation um, moving forward and make sure you're doing it right because some things may change and there may be some required disclosures or conversations that you need to have that you need to know about. So first and foremost, just stay compliant. Pay attention to what's happening right? Pay attention to those emails that maybe they're boring. Maybe they say the same stuff, but one time they might say something different. You need to make sure you understand the commission's point, the realtor board point, if you're a realtor and go from there. And that leads me right into the next point is continuing education. When the transactions slow down and you have time, 
take advantage of all of these continuing education opportunities, whether you're getting credits to you know, maintain your license and they're required, or they're just classes that you're interested in. Huge advantage to those who are developing a niche, right? We're all into this niche marketing. We're all going to do the thing. Well, there's probably a course at some point in your you know, real estate journey that you can take that'll help advance that niche, right? Obviously, divorce and estates and all of those have more legalistic kind of things around them. So there's that. But you can probably, you know, if you're into the horse industry, maybe, you know, you're in mountain properties, you need to be, you know, going to courses on, you know, probably well and septic and, you know, surveys and what that looks like in the mountains, selling mountain properties, all of those things, you can kind of really dive in and take that education. And yeah, they may seem boring on the surface because we love the marketing, we love the sexy over here, but the bones of what you're going to know and to be an actual resource, you need to make sure you're taking advantage of those continuing education classes. And you must know your contracts, right? Every year, Colorado puts out a red line contract. They change the contract. They change one or two words. They change one or two paragraphs. Sometimes they change one or two pages, right? You need to understand what is change. You need to understand it before it takes place, which typically those classes start coming out right now. Um, actually I have an agent who teaches those classes. So if you are interested and you're in Colorado, definitely comment below and I'd be happy to connect you with her classes. She does a great job, um, so that you're ready for the new year. And if you're not in Colorado, find somebody that's teaching these classes or find somebody that understands when, when these changes are happening, it should be your managing broker. But unfortunately I know that's not always the case. So if you're going to dedicate right now to getting into some continuing education classes or some business education classes, give me a thumbs up and we'll hold each other accountable for that. But let's let's get into the next piece, which is the importance of taking time, right? All of this comes down to the importance of taking time. Over the last five years, we've been go, 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 go. There's not been one contract that I haven't sent off to my client for review and then either on the phone, on Zoom or in person said, okay, let's go through these major points. And then do you have any other questions, right? They're they have to review it. They have to have those questions because, of course, you always have that client that's just like, I trust you, you know, whatever. No, no, no. Hold on. Like, let's actually go through the finer details of this contract so you know what's finding. You must take that time and you must have the skills to slow down your client because those clients are like, oh, yeah, I trust you, whatever. Those are the ones that are going to have the issues down the road. And then guess whose fault it is that you didn't point out, you know. XYZ, who's paying the commission, whatever that is, that's a problem. So you need to have these conversations slow down. And then as my good friend, Jimmy Everett says, he's a great lender here in Colorado. Um, the ethics of our business is going to be tested in this little bit of downturn. We are used to selling a ton of houses, making a ton of money, not having a whole lot of stop signs in our personal financial life or anything. The ethics are going to be tested. And whether you're a member of the realtor board and you've taken the ethics class or not, Make sure you're being a good person. Make sure that you're not getting cutthroat, you know, and, and doing dumb things. I just had a story about, you know, a lender who is telling their client that this assumable loan is is a bad idea and it takes forever and all of this stuff. And I just I advised my it was actually one of my agents. I just said, let's step back from that. Just show the numbers, right? Show the numbers of the exact same thing. Hundred thousand down with an eight percent interest rate. Hundred thousand down with this assumable four point seven five interest rate because that's the gap or whatever. And then let the numbers talk, right? We don't need to get in this emotional back and forth, and we don't need to kind of play into that. Clearly, if you look at the numbers, 
it should make sense and provide that opportunity for your clients to really dive in and be ethical. I understand we all have relationships, lending partners, title people and whatever, but in the end, our job is to represent the client, right? And so if we're putting these two options in front of a client, let's make it happen, right? You can connect them with lenders. You don't know what the rates are. You don't know any of that. You're, you're a real estate agent. You're not a lender, but sometimes they're going to go with a different lender. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes that product, you know, that they're throwing out there makes more sense. As long as that lender is explaining what's going on to them and being ethical, and it's a better deal based on what your conversations are with your client, then absolutely go with it, right? This is our job. We have to step back and be like, okay, here's the deal. I see a little bit of, you know, pressure coming from this lender. He's saying that don't do this assumable. Literally, it's half the half the interest rate. They have the money for the gap. Like, let's see what the numbers take out to be. Find out what the fees are from the servicer, right? That's true. Assumables, you have to go straight to the servicer. The lender gets cut out. And that's why that back and forth is happening. But if you go to the servicer, you have the fees, you have what it's going to cost, you have the gap, you have all that put it right next to the 8% or the 7% or whatever they're offering at that time and let the client make that decision, right? And then come down to, okay, like that's a huge savings or, you know, it's not that much of a savings. You're comfortable with this person. You have a relationship with this person. Let's go this route or let them make that decision. That's, that's where ethics really gets challenged is when we're making the decision based on what we think the client wants. So be very ethical. I'm committed to it. Be kind to each other. The market's changing. And that's exactly what we need to do to advance this profession forward and do the right thing. So I hope this helped. Um, I know that sometimes, you know, going to those classes and stuff, you get that pit in your stomach. You're like, oh, man, I, you know, it's analysis by paralysis. I don't want to do anything because I don't want to do something wrong. Right. Here's what I challenge you to do as an agent, as a newer agent. If you feel like you, you know, don't want to make a mistake and you're overarching, learn, slow down and learn and then build, right? You don't compare your chapter one to my chapter 10, but every time you learn and we have a conversation about something, build on that. Okay. So I don't want to answer that same question because we've already answered that question. I will, because that's what I do for my agents. Maybe I enable them, but take and build build and build and understand as a newer agent, you have to build that foundation. You have to answer these questions. And if you're feeling off put about, you know, going to someone and asking questions that you feel are basic, but you're just not understanding it or your fear, you know, you want to hear it from someone else and you can't do that where you're at or your current brokerage and your current team, whatever that is, reach out. I'd be happy to talk to you about what our culture is like at the Wolfpack at eXp, because that's exactly what I pride myself on is like, okay, Yep, we're going to talk about this. I'm a mentor. I'm I'm all the things, so I can walk you through the basic stuff. There is times where I'm like, yeah, run that by the managing broker. I've never done that, right? So I'm going to show up. I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to make sure the managing broker responds, which our managing brokers are excellent at this time at EXP, and I have good relationship with them, so they know that you know I'm filtering some of the easier questions and things like that, so that you don't have to feel like you're going to the managing broker with stupid questions, dumb questions. Because those that those questions that go unanswered are the ones that are going to actually get you in trouble, not the ones that, you know, are are out there in the open. So I hope that helps. Uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Comment, subscribe, follow me on the podcast, and we'll continue rolling through uh, this crazy real estate world. Bye bye.